welcome to Wii Universe. This is the show where we are playing every single Wii U game in a random order until we are done. We are so close to being done. It's, it's, I'm still in denial about it. I'm still, I will continue to be in denial about it until it is over and then I will deny it even harder. You will wake up, you will wake up one day and be like, there are no Wii U games I have to play today. There are only <laughs> Wii U games that I choose to play. Oh, it's like that Twilight Zone episode, exactly like that one, where the guy wakes up and there's no U V U games <laughs> yeah, to play. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's the and then one. He breaks his glasses. Yeah. No, he <laughs> yes. breaks the he breaks the Wii U gamepad. He 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 he, oh. he stumbles upon a world where uh, all the video games have gone away, and then he finds a Wii U um and and a complete library of Wii U games, but then he drops the gamepad. Or, oh. or his dog steps on it. There was time now. Or, you know what, it's, yeah, a gremlin out on the wing of the plane steps on it. That's that's the ultimate twist right sure. there. Was the, the game pad, wait, was the gamepad on the wing, or did the gremlin get inside? The gamepad is on the wing, obviously, Lindsay. The gamepad is on the yeah, wing. Yeah, they made you, uh, <laughs> if you travel with a Wii U, you have to declare it, and they have to put the gamepad out on the wing. Yeah, they, so they duct tape would, it out there. It's a whole thing. That would make me think that it's more durable than a gremlin stepping on it. Mm. It actually probably is pretty durable. Like I haven't, I haven't tested it. Maybe that'll be the the grand finale. Is I'll take the Wii U gamepad out on the ground, step on it, and see if well, it you can ha- you have hold to work your way up. Man. Like you have to go out to the park and find like a Pour small. Some water on you it. have to like yell at a small child and be like, "Excuse me, excuse me, will you please come over here and step on this gamepad?" And, and then oh, an angry okay. parent will come over and step on the game. Exactly. Pad. And just get gradually larger <laughs> and larger people to step yep. on it. I like this idea. And eventually you run it over with a truck. Yeah, perfect. This is great. This is a perfect finale. Obviously, uh, we're talking about three games today. Uh, you can tell based on that. We're, we're talking about Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. We're talking about Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. And we're talking about Yoshi's Woolly World. Uh, maybe the, the single most concentrated dose of adorableness we've ever had on this show. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, a, 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 tr- a triple feature of the cutest possible things. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be open, like, I think that any of these games probably could have stood on their own as a single episode, but you know, we, we, we see the home stretch here. Um, we're, we're ready to make it happen. And I feel like, you know, even though this was kind of a combination out of necessity, like these games actually fit very well together and was kind of just like a jolt of good vibes. Like I, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the toad game could stand on its own. That's the thing. I, I, yeah, I would almost push back on each of these, uh, sustaining their own, like at least full length episode. I think we might, uh, we, you know, unlike this episode, which is very tight and focused, <laughs> uh, we might've had to pad it out a little yeah. bit, maybe make some riffs so, on old twilight. Something, episodes, something that we know? never ever do on Wii universe is pad it out. It's, we it's, are about efficiency here. We are like German watches. Yeah, this, okay. I mean, we are, I am staring at the thing that literally is just, telling me how many seconds have gone by because it's moving <laughs> and it's entertaining to me because I can watch it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And how's that ADHD uh, diagnosis going for you? Have I'm they, on my they... second glass of wine, so it's great. <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay, yeah. perfect. Also, that, that's based on our conversation this far, I'm sure the listeners are also uh, checking their phone and checking the timestamp and be like, how long have they been talking about? Nothing. Isn't the show over yeah. yet? What five the hell? Mi- hey, a five-minute intro makes sense. Okay. <laughs> hey, absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll finally, I'll get it going. And by saying uh, that my name is Steve Gunley and I'm made out of yarn. Oh, it didn't even occur to me that we had names. Um, yes. Hello. I am, we do now. I am Woody Siskowski treasure tracker. 
<laughs> and we are joined, of course, by uh, uh, one of our uh, lovely recurring guests, uh, one of my, my co-hosts uh, temporarily on the Patreon show. Uh, we played some seventh guest. We played some uh, we like uh, boy and his blob. Games. We like our horror yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lindsay Pennington is here. Hi, Hi. Lindsay. Lindsay, you have Hi, to you have back. to come up with a uh, Kirby theme nickname for yourself. Why, oh yeah. Uh, why do I have to choose Kirby just because well, you guys happen? Because to we claim the others. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. no, no. I'm always going to be a Yoshi character. That's true. You do have kind of lifetime dibs on talking about Yoshi on this show. You kind of. You made that clear, like when we played Yoshi's Story. You're like, any future Yoshi games are mine. Yeah, right? just, yeah, just sure. To, yeah. Just to be clear, but you don't want to be Lindsay Pennington, rosy cheek, pale blob. No, if <laughs> no. I were gonna be anything from that game, it'd be the poop-looking thing with shoes. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, you, that's my... you are Lindsay Pennington, poop-looking thing with shoes. It's accurate. Okay. <laughs> it's I'm not. It's a not far off. Be in a month. We're good. <laughs> This is why people tune in. They want to hear about your your, your colonoscopy (laughs) adventures. Uh, Before we get into talking about these three games, uh, what else are you guys playing? Um, Well, I will start. It has not been long since our last recording, and I have been having um, quite a week, so not a ton of time to play things. But I did um, recently, in the physical mail, receive my analog pocket, a handheld... um, gaming device that i pre-ordered over a year ago maybe a year and a half ago um, okay it was some it's kind of a redundant thing in my gaming life it's not like i don't have access to plenty of ways to play old games but analog yeah. um much as the way of many nerd things has a bad habit of selling out very quickly and so i figured sure. if i wanted to get one now was my chance um, and it's it's a nice it's a nice piece of hardware. It's kind of most reminiscent of its design of an original Game Boy, but it does have an L L and R triggers behind it and four buttons. And they um, yeah, it, it was originally designed as a way to play old uh, Game Boy carts, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance right out of the box. Um, but they do sell adapters that are grossly overpriced to play uh <laughs> i mean the whole product is an exercise in kind of luxury and things being overpriced when it's not like the ability to play game boy games on a handheld device is very difficult anymore pretty much right, your yeah. phone will you run can... whatever you want um with pretty good accuracy um but i have really been enjoying messing with it and they've gotten sort of different emulation cores on there and it's you know again it's not like this is any new great shakes but it's cool to be able to walk around and play super nintendo games with a thing that kind of is the size of an original game boy that does sound pretty cool actually is this that like yellow box like thing i think that's the play date or something like that. that's it that's it Um, yeah yeah this is a yeah it just kind of looks like (laughs) a uh a black uh, just kind of looks like a black game boy and is kind of yeah was intended as kind of it's this weird thing in old emulation where instead of recreating like the functionality of an old system through software, it does it through like being wired and like having hardware similar to the old device. And so for yeah. very like, I feel like <laughs> accurate emulation is essentially the video game equivalent of people who think vinyl sounds better. Um, so me, so me, yeah, basically. exactly. You're talking, it's like, you're, you know what? It, it's all basically the same. It's just a way to kind of yeah. turn your nose up at other people who aren't emulating things right. But that's yeah, yeah no, no. I feel I feel called out. I feel sure. called out here. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, what are you playing right now? 
Uh, I just finished Cult of the Lamb finally. Like, I mean, yes. I finally started playing it and then finished it promptly. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh, I, I loved um, Cult of the Lamb. I got sick of naming people real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't bother. Oh, no, it was fun in the beginning. I got <laughs> CJ to eat a poop sandwich, so that was great. Uh, <laughs> um, and what did you do in the game? Haha, <laughs> 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 zing zing. Oh, uh, oh okay. poop again. No, and I'm, <laughs> I just bought Dying Light 2 because it was on sale. Mm. And. I, of course, am very much looking forward to playing the devil in me as soon as I can pay for it. Oh, right. That's the third um, uh, Dark Pictures, the fourth, fourth Dark Pictures game. Yeah, you're right. Because Madame Madame, Little Hope, House of Ashes, Devil Yes, in me. okay, that's right. This is the fourth one. I'm uh, very from to star Oscar nominee Jesse Buckley, uh, which good, good get. Good I mean, get. They get some good talent on those games. It's set, um, like, it's a, like a, reality tv crew and like they've been invited to a hotel that's been designed exactly after hh holmes okay murder hotel from the chicago world's fair and if anybody wants to know anything they should read devil in the white city by eric larson awesome book awesome book but anyway i'm very excited for it i feel like oh very cool jesse buckley has like a weird has found a weird place for herself as like a scream queen of existential horror like, right, yeah, because she was like, and I, I think I, I'm thinking I should leave, or what's the movie? Yeah, uh, I, I'm thinking yeah, about I'm thinking ending things with Tim Robinson. Oh, That's what it's called. That. Yes. <laughs> I really want to watch that. It's about things. a guy exploring his abandoned high school, and then there, a bunch of dudes drop out of the bottom of coffins. <laughs> well, the bones are their money, you yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, as yeah, for she me, was also in yeah, that movie, oh. Men. Oh, that's yeah. right. I haven't watched that one yet, but I mean, we uh, we see Scarlet, enough of yeah. those in our everyday life. We, we... Yeah, who needs them? Yeah. Who Men? needs them? Yeah. <laughs> it's raining them mostly. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, yeah, same same thing. I'm I haven't uh, been doing too much else in the few days since we recorded, except playing a lot of God of War, uh, which uh, is is growing on me more and more as I play it. Like it's still pretty similar to the original, but uh, I I like that they're expanding the supporting cast a lot and you get a lot more to do. Did um, you ever get to play as Atreus in that game or are you always still you do. Kratos? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You get to play as Atreus for some pretty long sections too, which are uh, pretty fun. Um, and otherwise, uh, I'm, this is going to be my big, like catching up on movies week. So I'm going out, I've got, I've already pre-bought tickets for like this whole week. Cause I'm off for most of the second nice. half of the week for Thanksgiving. So uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be binging on movies this week. I've got tickets to go see Black Panther tomorrow. I'm going to the Fablemans on Wednesday. I'm going to Knives Out two on Thursday. I'm going to the Menu on Friday. Ooh, Lots see of fun that movies. One. Nice. But today I watched the movie Tar, which is uh, the new Todd Field movie. Uh, he hasn't made a movie in 16 years, uh, and he's a great filmmaker. This one has Kate Blanchett as a uh, very troubled composer and. I'm not going to spoil anything, but relevant to this show, yeah. a a big, like, the, the, the movie turns on a very big plot point that involves, of all things, Monster Hunter. Yeah. Uh, and I won't say any further than that, but uh, <laughs> it, it, that movie hinges on a Monster Hunter twist that kind of blew my mind. I'm so, going to go I'm gonna go see Smile tonight with Christina. Smile was good. I like Smile. Uh, so that's, that's about it for me. I'm hoping to play some more games this week if I can, but you know, movies, movie week. They don't let, they don't let you bring your switch into the theater. They do not. That's real rude over the top. You, the lights go down on the Fablemans and you see this light come up and (laughs) someone's playing through Xenoblade or Pokemon Violet or whatever. (laughs) 
Oh man, have you been reading it? I don't know if anybody's been playing that. I hear it's just kind of a janky mess. It's that's kind of what I heard too, and from a technical standpoint, and it's just it's just so baffling to me, like that those games seem to be so unambitious from a technical standpoint. Like yeah. it, it's so odd that like Nintendo has the biggest franchise in the world and they're pretty content to just kind of coast on it. And I understand why they coast on it from a gameplay perspective, because obviously it's an established formula, but you'd think they'd at least put in the money to like pump it up from a technical perspective, because you're not going to alienate anyone by being like, wow, this game looks substantially better than previous ones. No one's mad about that. It, it feels like it should just be kind of like on an assembly line by now. Like they, it's surprising that like such severe technical issues would be coming up this late into the Pokemon life cycle when it's a still a pretty major brand. Yeah, but yeah, it's very odd. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this may be the first. Uh, well, I guess not the first, but the first in a while of uh, mainline Pokemon games that I maybe even skip completely. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably gonna sit it out. Yeah, I've never played a Pokemon game, and I have no desire to mm-hmm. try. Sorry, That's I just, I just don't. I don't. You don't have That's to apologize right. yeah. to us. This is a judgment-free yeah. zone. I'm apologizing yeah. to the people who are already judging me listening. Mm. You should apologize to Pikachu if anybody, yep. but uh, you don't. You don't need to. No, no. My us. parents. I don't know if I've said this on a podcast. Your parents before. were pissed when you said that you didn't no. want to play Pokemon. They disowned no. you. <laughs> growing, growing up, uh, stockings at Christmas are my favorite thing, and in Germany and a lot of countries, you get a piece of coal in your stocking if you're a bad kid, right? Like sure. In my mom's mind, no kid is good all year round, which is accurate. But so, but so one year instead of actual like coal or the chocolate coal, my mom got me a little Pikachu that like you pulled the string and he went Pika Pika Pikachu, and I threw it across the room, and it became a cat toy for two years, and then I threw it away. But that was my coal. My mom explained it to me. She's like, "Oh, that's your coal this year," because I know how much you dislike that. That's like, funny oh. to think that your coal was probably like a sought after Christmas item for other kids your age. You were like, oh, I want that Pikachu. I mean, it was in Saudi Arabia, so I highly doubt it. <laughs> yeah, fair. Well, let's jump into talking about these games today. We've we've tortured the people enough. <laughs> we've, 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 they've been frothing at the mouth to hear us talk about the captain. <laughs> so let's get into it. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker is our first game today. It was released December 5th, 2014, developed by Nintendo EAD Tokyo and published by Nintendo. This was also released on the 3DS and on the Switch. Uh, holy shit, it took a long time for Toad to get his own solo game. You know, it, it's... Uh, Technically, I guess he was the protagonist of Wario's Woods, uh, kind of a bad puzzle game for the NES era, but that's a Wario game. You know, when we talked about it on DD, we lumped that in as a Wario game, despite Toad being the lead, but he's not in any of the marketing. He was a playable character in um, Super Mario Bros. 2. Um, Yes. Probably... I think probably a step up from... I feel like, weirdly, in that game, Mario is, like, the worst character in that game. Um, he weirdly is. I, Toad has kind of a powerful super jump in that. Yeah, like and, for, and for a little Toad guy. I think picks up stuff the, the fastest, which is odd, implying like he has the he's the most jacked of all of those character initial characters. Well, yeah, he's a little chode, yeah. he's a little squat guy. You know, he can he can rip him yeah. up. Yeah, he he was always my character. That's what in they that called game, him in high school I, was Toad the Chode. Toad the Chode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Chode Treasure Tracker. That's what we're playing. Um, but yeah, so it's it, uh, the Treasure Trail. <laughs> <laughs> it, sorry 
My that mind, works too. My mind is elsewhere. <laughs> get your, well, get so your head in the game, Lindsay. Here. Come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the character obviously was introduced in Super Mario Brothers in 1985, and he's kind of just been a mainstay. Also, I, I shouldn't even say he, because according to Shigeru Miyamoto, Toad is agendered, and it's also it's the name of a character and the name of a species. So it's kind of like a Smurf situation. Um, but originally, these were called the Mushroom Retainers, and then they just became Toads by Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, and, you know, it's been playable in a few games, obviously Mario Party and Mario Kart. And uh, the, it, it took a while. Um, I think that new Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah, Toad is playable in Mario Party now, but they it originally started as the announcer, like in those right. early yeah, Mario Party kind of games, ref. kind of the host. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't I wish I had some Toad hot takes. Uh, you know, he's he's pretty cute. He's always around. Uh, you know, I wasn't necessarily frothing at the mouth for an original toad game. I, but, uh, just knowing Nintendo's track record of expanding on every individual character, it's surprised that they took this long. For I feel like to the, to the toad, toad voice is kind of bad. That is my hot take on toad is I wish that wasn't <laughs> the voice that they had stuck with. Like, I think that voice got established in like the Mario super show where it is right. really squeaky and irritating. And they at least toned that down a little bit. But I still, I still wish it was a little less shrill. I'm hoping they redefine that in the movie because, yeah, I feel bad for the Toad voice actors anytime they have to do it because that is not a voice that's meant to sustain uh, lines of dialogue. Right. I mean, know? with how they've cho- chosen voices in the movie so far, do you really think they're going to stick with the voice he has? Uh, probably not. Probably, I don't even know who's voicing him in that. But oh, yeah. I'm going to Google it now. Werner Herzog. Okay. that would be amazing (laughs) i I could see him actually doing that what i do like Um, i mean what i like about this game and i know we're gonna get more into it in a second but like it does feel like because obviously nintendo kind of wants to establish um whenever they can find a side thing to do with a character and sort of jumpstart a new franchise you know they're gonna go for it but i do get the sense that here i'm sure they wanted a game starring toad for a long time but like you have to think like what is the identity of Toad? You know what I mean? Like to yeah. just kind of I, I feel like oh, Nintendo it's Keegan Michael Key. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's fine. He's known yeah. he's known as the Werner Herzog of the U.S. Um, <laughs> is that like you know Luigi just started as a clone of Mario, but like eventually yeah. now Luigi games kind of have their own identity. Like Luigi's Mansion is kind of its own weird thing. And, um, you know, there was that bad Princess Peach game. Um, Yes, that was based entirely on how temperamental women are. Yes, exactly. Very progressive. Um, But or like Wario, you know, Wario has kind of found his own unique vibe of like, yes, this is a kind of game that fits with the character. And I feel like Toad's role has always kind of been sort of just kind of off to the side of the Mario universe. Like sometimes you get the impression Toad is kind of doing his own thing, but it's like separate. Um, So I feel like it's cool that they finally hit on a thing that feels right for Toad as as opposed to just being like, oh, we need a Toad game. And that they were able to like make a distinctive Toad character that is just like one guy and not just the overall species. That is our titular hero, Captain Toad, who was introduced in Super Mario Galaxy back in 2007. Uh, his his defining characteristic is that he 
really loves treasure and he's always getting lost and uh the mario's usually having to save him and then he'll he'll, he'll uh, give you like a power star like um, yeah when, when yeah he's like, always like and he gets himself he into like some little planet real predicaments which i guess is a nice offshoot like you'll go deep into this level into this hidden area and like captain toad is just hanging out there and you're like oh hi. yeah he's always somewhere like really stranded and like really kind of screwed it makes you feel bad for all the captain toads i didn't discover <laughs> in that game because they're just they're they are still eating stuck their there. own feet yeah yeah, they are they are in a dire situation. Uh, so the, this this game, this uh, Captain Toad standalone game, was being developed in tandem with Super Mario 3D World. And so when that game came out, they had a couple of individual levels showcasing like the Captain Toad gameplay style. It was a standalone like kind of diorama 3D screen. Uh, Captain Toad can walk around and pull things out of the ground, but he can't jump. Uh, which is like a hindrance that kind of made them decide on Toad instead of Mario or Luigi because, you know, they jump. Um, but yeah, so they wanted to kind of expand on this skill set and make this very simple kind of puzzle game that anyone could pick up and play. I mean, these, these And I think these they games... succeeded like... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I, I mean, I'm, I was just thinking how like, it's kind of remarkable how simple this premise is. Yeah. Like, you really, it literally is just like, walk around manipulate the camera like yeah. that's kind of about the the extent of your skill set and don't die part. which and in, don't die which in woody's yeah. case was apparently not a rule <laughs> um i do feel like it is like it's kind of cool that they took this thing of like you know all the way back for super mario 64 it's like you know, we have this 3D space but occasionally the camera sucks and you can't see what right. you need to see and they're like hmm what if the camera sucked intentionally? Like, what if you <laughs> deliberately, like, manipulating the camera to see weird corners of things was a gameplay mechanic instead of just, like, a flaw in the game design? And yeah. it actually... Yeah, you, Go you kept going top-down. That's how you kept trying to play yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like the camera here works quite well, um, and you have pretty good control over it being able to show you what you want to see. And I feel like it all stems from the fact that the levels in this game are tiny. Like, mm -hmm. right. If the, yeah, if, they're just little small, like one room kind of cells. Right. It's like a microcosm. If yeah. this game, like if you could play as, you know, a character who could jump, like this game would be essentially devoid of challenge. Cause you would just be able right. to navigate the world in seconds. Um, but you can fall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can fall um, and you yeah. can get killed, yeah. But it, it does give it this kind of, this sort of slower paced, unique, unique premise. And I like, this is a kind of game that I have often had very bad experiences with um, because it reminds me of kind of lots of block pushy things or like something like Charlie Blast Territory, which we played for N64, where it's like, all right, right, you have to kind of set this bomb in the right place and arrange your character on kind of a grid, um, which can often be very frustrating to me, or like a Load Runner 3D or something like that, where I'm like, yes, right. I understand the kind of mental gymnastics to go through this are cool, um, but this game manages to be like a sort of stimulating puzzle platformer without feeling overly frustrating like it still feels inviting in the way the good good nintendo games do yeah it really does it just kind of like drops you in without really giving you too much instruction but you really don't need it i mean 
you know, I, I guess to be fair to it, it does have slightly more complicated mechanics than that. Yeah. There are some touchscreen panels that you can move around. There are like little cranks that you can use. Uh, and then there are these really fun minecart levels where you shift to a first person perspective and chuck turnips at things as you're riding by. Like I enjoyed those are kind of little on rail. You, you do it by physically moving the Wii U gamepad. Um, and occasionally you have to shoot things behind you. So it's like it, it, those games are played best by like actually standing up in the space instead of just staying on your couch. Um, or, yeah, or both, like me both. getting angry at it and giving it back to Woody, being <laughs> sure. like, I don't like this. Take it back. <laughs> Take it back. I mean, it, it is a weird, like both this and the Switch have that weird mechanic of like, yeah, the gyroscope is there, but you don't super need to use it. But you're kind of kind of use it just in the normal wear and tear, like just kind of you playing the game. Right. You might like wiggle it around. So it, it, it's, it works. It all works fine. But like you do have options. Like they're just kind of both simultaneously available. Yeah, this is it, this is a tastefully integrated Wii U game. Like um, there's a lot of, you know, features, like you said, that the touching some of the platforms you kind of have to blow on and then they'll uh, elevators will go up and down. And yeah. like none of it feels totally obtrusive and because this game is slower paced like i don't mind doing that kind of stuff like you know something like touchscreen controls can be really annoying if you're trying to play an action game and you have to like adjust your position in your hands um, right but here where you're just kind of slowly walking toad around you could be like oh look i have plenty of time to kind of adjust and experiment with this touchscreen well and exactly there's no time which is nice like a lot of mario games right like when i was playing super mario 3d world with jj where i first encountered these levels like all those levels have timers and you try to collect time to keep going whereas these toad levels you can just kind of hang around and like spin it around until you find everything and there's lots of cute little challenges and it's not like it's hiding anything like you get to the end and it's like oh hey you killed all these enemies check mark yay little crown trophy yeah it it very clearly establishes like what are the challenges for this level you have to find three diamonds in every level like i don't know it's a game that feels like you don't need you don't need to get all the diamonds to beat the level but like the worlds are small enough that collecting all like trying to 100% every level seems pretty achievable and feels like the yeah. right way to play the game. Yeah, it's it's kind of worth going back and trying to replay and like beat your high score. You know, there's quite a bit of replayability here for how short and compact these levels mm-hmm. can be. Uh, and there's there's some fun little features in here. So the Wii U version came packaged with a Toad Amiibo. Uh, if you tap the Toad Amiibo, it'll open up a little mini game of uh, hide and seek where you have to find a little 8-bit Toad hidden somewhere in the level yeah. just by like rotating the screen and tapping on it. That's very cute. The Switch port just has that available without the Amiibo. That's just kind of there automatically. So, I, And this is a game that did get ported over to Switch in a version that does kind of make this one irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, being on one single screen, you can take everywhere. Having more levels, having two playable characters, and having some of these bonus features like without the amiibo use kind of renders this irrelevant. And I could also see but, this game working yeah. quite well on a 3DS. Like it doesn't feel like a very oh, yeah. technically demanding game. Um, and so having that sort of portable aspect of it is cool too. But this is such like a, a, a short and unobtrusive game that like, you'll have a good time no matter where you're playing it. Like, it's very easy to get into. It's not the deepest or most challenging thing in the world, but 
it's also not going to take up a lot of your time. You know, I think I beat this whole game like, I don't know, two or three hours just while a TV show was running in the background. Just, you know, just kind of picking at it, you know, and I can go back and get more value out of it if I want to collect everything. But all all three of the games that we played today, like really kind of hammered home, like the idea that games, a different game has a different purpose. Like it's so Mm -hmm. easy to just give like, you know, the rave reviews to Elden Ring or God of War, these kind of huge sprawling games that like have this epic storyline and like deliver on like big cinematic content. Whereas something like Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's good, whatever. But like, yeah. it's really nice to be able to have access to both those things. And, oh, I, and I really feel like the Wii U kind of has that feeling of like, there's a lot of games on here that are just kind of, nice to have access to and like absolutely uh, i mean we essentially played three of them today like none of the games we played today are games that i would want to play in like big long sessions like for like the the kirby game or the yoshi game like i kind of am only interested in playing one or two levels per sitting but like i mean i would say all three of these games are like under 10 hours yeah but i have a good time in playing any of those games whenever like when I sit down and I'm like, this is sort of the vibe that I'm going for. These games really deliver. Um, sorry, you, what were you saying, Lindsay? Uh, I was saying I could sit and play Yoshi until the game <laughs> okay. was over. Yeah, it, it I was, have I have beaten Yoshi. Yeah, yeah. I've beat it's well. I've beaten two of the games we're talking about today. So yeah, yeah, it's it's very doable. Yeah, and huh. it's just it it's this is really a good like I don't know it, it you can see it as a drawback that this game is very light on content and I think that if you were to spend on it, you know, it would have been easy to kind of see that as a drawback because there's no real other modes here. It's just this single player mode that you just kind of jump into. Um, But now it's just kind of it's a fun, unique game that's cool to go back to. And absolutely. It's cool. uh, There must be a sequel coming to this somewhere down the pike because I think that the Switch version has sold very well. Yeah, both of these did pretty well. This is, I think, the 15th highest grossing game on the Wii U, and it sold in, and that's like 1.5 million copies. It sold an additional 2 million on the Switch. So, like, not a, you know, blockbuster by any means, but also like a decent, for what must have been a pretty cheap right. game to put together. Like, uh, pretty decent. Yeah, no, I had a really good time with Captain Toad. I, I enjoy it. It's very cute. Uh, speaking of very cute. We have to talk about Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, released February 20th, 2015, developed by HAL Laboratory and published by Nintendo. This is also a Wii U exclusive, one of the rare games that is very much stuck on the Wii U because (laughs) it's okay. That's all right. Uh, So Kirby has been the focus of a couple of episodes for us, which is why I didn't feel the need to to do a whole dedicated episode to Rainbow Curse. We actually just talked about it uh, on a bonus episode with a Patreon guest. We talked about Kirby Superstar for the Super NES. Mm -hmm. And we commented on before, but Kirby is fun because Nintendo seems very willing to experiment with this character and let it like adapt to a lot of weird different gameplay styles. And in this case, some very weird different art styles. Um, so this game is actually a sequel to a 2005 DS game called Kirby Canvas Curse. I remember that being kind of one of the earlier sort of close to killer apps for the DS because it was like the DS yeah. came out with so many just kind of bizarre mini game collections right at the start that that yeah, kind of yeah. had the feeling of like, oh, this is a unique 
sort of full, fully fleshed out platformer that is would only work on the DS because like the gimmick, there were a lot of those. The gimmick behind that game is rather than control Kirby directly, you just draw lines on the screen, and then like Kirby mm-hmm. will stick to those lines, and depending on what direction you drew them, he will fall. He will follow the lines that direction. Yeah, very simple to pick up and control. And yeah, like like I said, most early DS games were just very, very touchpad centric. Yeah. You know, just so like they thought that would work for another game. <laughs> yeah, why not? I don't uh, know. It frustrated know. me. I don't like it. Okay, I mean, yeah, I, I I will say I think this is of the three we played today. This was probably the one with the the. It was probably the weakest one overall. Yeah, that's uh, I'll agree uh, with that. It, it's it's the most limited, but uh, it might also be the cutest because they decided to embrace this very unique uh, kind of polymer clay animation style. You know, the canvas curse used like an ink on paint style, which which made sense for what they were doing in that. And Kirby has had his aesthetics experimented with before, most significantly for us today with Kirby's epic yarn, mm. which came out on the weed in, I think, 2010. And that just used all yarn art. You know, Kirby was just like this little pink outline of Kirby. Uh, and it was just super adorable. And it, it played like a basic Kirby sure. game, but uh, it was super cute. Uh, so this is kind of expanding on that. Like, let's let's just see what we can uh, stick to Kirby and make it work. Uh, so, yeah, they use this very cute art style. It's, and uh, The art style, like when this game plays, it's sort of cutscenes, or when you are up against a boss. This is one of the best looking games like that I have ever seen. Like it really, really looks good. And Kirby is also, you know, Kirby is a cute, delightful design, but like clay Kirby. Oh, it just, it, they it just are tickles laying my heart. It on thick. Yeah. They are laying um, it on thick. And that opening cutscene with his like big blue eye shimmering while he's looking at that apple, like, Oh my God, come on, melt my heart. Yeah. So but, can we all admit that the only reason that Kirby decided to help the rainbow bright character was because he wanted his fucking apple. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. He's he a didn't give a beast. shit he's... about anything else. He's just like my apple. It's not colored anymore. I can't. Kirby is motivated stop it. by exactly one thing, and that is survival. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> he will do anything it takes to stay alive. Well, it's like the little rainbow bright paintbrush girl, which is the antagonist's protagonist. I don't know. Like... Protagonist. I guess she's technically she's our stylist. From, yeah. She's from yeah. The bad place or whatever it is yeah but but the uh the butthole that opened in the sky it doesn't look like a butthole (laughs) and that took all the color away from the world um i lost my train of thought that's a butthole move (laughs) (laughs) um with that with that said though like i think that this game doesn't quite maintain like how good the claymation looks like when I'm actually playing it. Like I kind of just forget that that's its art style. And I don't know if that's because I'm distracted playing the game, but like in game, it kind of just looks like a standard Kirby game. But then when I actually like went and fought wispy woods, like that looked great. Like in that way, it's like the dynamic. So it's, it's, it's just an art style. It's not like an interactive, like, oh, it's clay. Let's make it feel clay. It just looks clay. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like the other, like the Yoshi game, I feel like even though I, you know, if I had to put them face to face, I think that the art style of this Kirby game, like I prefer, I like that clay yeah. so much, but the Yoshi game leans in so much better into like, things interact the way that yarn would interact. Like when Yoshi licks things, like they unravel. 
And here yeah. it just, yeah, it Kirby kind of just interacts with things as if it were any other Kirby game. And then the cutscenes look amazing. Yeah. I mean, and I, I found the, you know, all the mechanics here work. Like, they work perfectly fine. Like, the drawing is responsive, and Kirby will always follow the path. It's pretty easy to course so it correct. it is kind of like that. intrinsically frustrating. Like, I agree right. that it works the way it is supposed to, but you kind of spend a lot of time, like, you'll draw a line right in front of Kirby, but, like, he won't quite grab onto it, and then you have to draw a right. new line, or, like, you're trying to have him climb up, and you accidentally draw the line above him, and then... And yeah, so there's lots of little annoyances that I think are kind of inherent in the gameplay. When we played, we played multiplayer, so... Oh yeah, I wanted to get your guys' take on multiplayer, because uh, they did put a lot of focus on that when they were developing, and it looked like there were some pretty clever integrations Well, it didn't that. really seem like it was very easy to play single player based on us playing Yeah, Steve, maybe you can answer this question. When yeah. you get to the area where those, ha like, it sort of this clay paint, purple clay surrounding and the hands come out to grab you how do you beat oh. those in single player i did not get that far so i i need to uh pick around and find out oh but yeah that, that, so what was the what was really. the but maybe i didn't play i didn't get in too far into okay this yeah game. there's like okay. the, uh, sections but. where um you know it's kind of like a mini boss area where this kind of floating hand will come out and grab kirby and try to drag him off the screen and like I would try to bash into these hands like Kirby's default attack is you tap Kirby and it'll sort of uh, dash forward. But like when I dashed into them, they would just grab me and like Lindsay had, and I had a spear as spear guy and like totally yeah. save me. So you want to talk about someone useful in the game? Is it <laughs> the, the one, what, with, the, one with the weapon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's I, I have no idea. Like, is it possible that these only show up in multiplayer as like that could be and i mean also you've got you know if you're if you're stuck for an attack you can press and hold on kirby and he'll turn giant and kind of like yeah. shoot at things at a like but you can really like do that him. like the mechanic is you have to collect a hundred stars before they will let you use that gems, attack wasn't it, that's fair stars in this yeah there's so many yeah, there's yeah. so many pickups in all of these games <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do. We get the whole spectrum. We get we get we everything. get coins. We get stars, and we get gems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get the whole spectrum this episode. <laughs> well, this diamonds. is a very weird uh, diamonds. Yeah, yeah. This is a very weird game in that like, it's basically a gamepad only game. Yeah. Like because you can have the big TV on, but I'm just watching the little pad because that's where all the action is taking place. That's where I have to draw, it, and I need very a certain sense of accuracy. To, like, draw on a pad while looking at the TV you know precisely though i mean the tv play works very well for two-player co-op oh yeah i bet that's perfect for and that I just yeah played with a normal controller for the second player but like playing playing one player like you might as well just like turn the tv off and yep. just go straight with the gamepad because uh that's that's the only place i ever looked you know and like uh but it's it, and it's a shame too because i want to see this game on the largest screen i can because it's just very bright and colorful and beautifully animated yeah, this this game sort of is is a game that I am not mad at a lot. Uh, that that like no. I had a very good time playing this game, um, for sort of the amount of time that Lindsay and I spent playing it. Um, yeah. But I do feel like, and I feel like this way for every Kirby game. So this is not too much of an exception. Is like it just kind of gets old pretty quick. Yeah. And, um. It, yeah, that was that was my feeling too. Like I like I said, I didn't even really stick it out through the first boss battle because I'm like, I think I kind of got the gist. Did you get to Wispy Woods? No. Oh, okay, okay. 
Okay. Yeah. And like, All right, so I, I want to keep what playing. Do you, what do you want to switch now? the controllers? Because he wanted to see what it was like to play the second controller, and I was like, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want. To. I'm confused. Give it back. So the the Waddle D character just kind of controls like a traditional platformer kind of yeah. character. Oh, like is that he, what he's called? And... The little poop yeah. guy. Yeah, little little poop guy, Bandana Waddle D. Some of the some of the interactions are a little weird, like. If if you're the way you draw the rainbow lines will affect Waddle D. Like there were oftentimes where like Lindsay was yeah. sort of jumping and going for a chest, and then I would draw a line for myself, and it would block her access to it. Um, yeah, which is not a big deal. Like all three of these games we played, I think function very nicely as two player games. Like Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, not technically a two player game, but it is one of those games that plays very well with another person. Because sure. they can be like, oh, look, I saw a diamond in that corner. Try rotating that switch. And then, you know, the levels are so short, you can um, hand the gamepad back and forth. Um, and That is the way that me and my sister used to play games when we were kids. Like, I would kind of, kind of control it, and she would just sort of, like play spotter yeah. you know like oh there's a there's a jigsaw puzzle piece behind that block or whatever and slow paced you know? environmental puzzle games work really well for that um, oh absolutely and then this kirby game and um the yoshi game like i felt like that they were just kind of such nice bright inviting things like they would be they're fun games to play with people who mm, don't necessarily want to go on your elden ring campaign with you yeah. Which is fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's move on to our final game of the day. Oh, wait, no, I had one more thing I wanted to say about Kirby. Uh, so we just recorded an episode about Kid Icarus, uh, you know, which is uh, out by the time you hear this. And we played Kid Icarus Uprising, which is one of the most bizarre games to try and control. And I think Kirby kind of has the same problem that that game has, where you're trying to hold a handheld console with just your left hand while you're controlling everything on the stylus. So I was getting hand cramps. Ugh. I don't know, like, because uh, the gamepad is heavier than a 3DS, and if you're not, and you don't have the, the luxury of that little plastic kickstand. So if you're not, like, holding it up on your knee or something, then you're not really getting a very comfortable uh, controller grip on this. But, like, so. this one, you don't have to use any of the actual buttons in this you know what no, i mean you can no. do like kid icarus you have to hold up the 3ds because you need right. to move with the circle pad here you can just set the game pad on your lap and just be That's poking true. at it yeah yeah but i want to hold it up <laughs> now uh okay let's move on to our last game today that is yoshi's woolly world it was released october 16th 2015 developed by good feel and published by nintendo and it was also released on 3ds uh, the very funnily titled Good Feel is a Japanese company founded by former Konami employees in 2005. Originally, they were working on educational games for the DS, but they became one of Nintendo's go-to developers after they developed uh, the beautifully animated but kind of thin uh, Wario Land Shake It for the Wii yeah. in 2007, which a uh, pretty fun yeah, game. A game, not a super, game we both liked. Yeah, not super remarkable, but gorgeous animation. Um, and so uh, from there, uh, they found their very distinctive art style with the 2010's Kirby's Epic Yarn. They're the yarn people. Mm. They make the yarn games. Uh, and so the game really stood out at the time of its release, and Nintendo liked the art style so much that they immediately commissioned them to make another game in the style uh, with another one of their cute, adorable characters. 
So uh, this was originally announced as Yarn Yoshi in 2013. Kind of a better title, I think. I don't know. I like Yoshi's yeah. Woolly World. It, it has a good yeah. alliterative quality to it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it was uh, made playable in 2014 where Nintendo debuted the new title. And special editions of this game came bundled with the Yarn Yoshi Amiibo, the, the most adorable Amiibo, because it's actually a plushie made of yarn with a little uh, the little NFC reader is sewn into a button on his butt, and uh, it's very adorable. And it comes in, like, five different colors. So those were, those were some favorites of mine when I was collecting Amiibos. Uh-huh. This is technically the seventh Yoshi game overall, but it's the first to appear on a home console since Yoshi's Story in 1997. It, it is odd uh, when you think of, like, Yoshi as kind of having his, his own or their own franchise. I don't know what Yoshi's gender is, but... Um it's he's it's like a toad yeah. yeah it's like they're all agendered and they, they're it's their name and their species uh, we're getting back into the eugenics again <laughs> you guys <laughs> um but like yoshi i don't know like it's sort of a major character but has appeared very infrequently like it was yoshi's yeah. island is a total classic yoshi's story some people who have bad taste will defend as a classic um, and then... oh, oh, oh. Don't, eat, don't do that um, and... we've, we've been so nice to each other this episode alright alright I, I, I won't start a feud um, but then it, it, it it's took a while for them to come up with a new Yoshi game on console like... yeah yeah it really did take a while they, it was kind of like a like a handheld series for a while. We had weird things like Yoshi's Topsy Turvy with the, the gyroscope in the 3D or yeah. the Game Boy Advance yeah, and you kind of like tilt. twist around. And then it was like weirdly like a Yoshi's Island 2 for the, I think the 3D or the DS, which <laughs> totally is, forgotten yeah, game. Yeah, which is weird. Like Yoshi's Island, one of the most beloved games, Yoshi Island 2 is just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, despite like i'm pretty sure i played it yeah you know like i, I feel like i did actually play it and enjoyed it for what it was but you know it, like it, 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 it is, is weird how I forgotten know, that game is i don't really have a good reason where when i play these other yoshi games i kind of come back to like oh it's not as good as yoshi's island but like i don't yeah. really know what it is about yoshi's island that is better than these other games I think I mean you just like that screaming baby Mario. Yeah, I love that screaming baby. Um I do think that that game did feel like it made an effort to be a sequel to Super Mario World. I mean it is right in the title in the sense yeah. that there's kind of an emphasis on, you know, challenge and the way that other Mario games have whereas Yoshi's Story and Yoshi's Woolly World are kind of like, all right, we're going to put accessibility and cuteness first and kind of yes. the challenge will, you know, people can make well, their own challenge. Yeah. And, I've, and I've always appreciated that. Like, when we when we did Yoshi's Story, like, I've replayed that game multiple times because when you play it through the first time, you're just kind of like, oh, I'm going to just save all the baby Yoshis and have mm-hmm. fun. And then you realize that there's kind of these, like, levels of, well, if I get all the cantaloupes, right. then that's mm-hmm. the highest points I can get there. And if I sniff through the whole level, I can ground pound and find these extra stars. Like, like Toad Treasure Tracker or whatever, like, you, at the end of the level, it tells you what little things you could have found. Sure. Whereas, like, I don't know, Yoshi's Story, you could keep finding things so like i always felt and and whenever you turned a page there's a different level you could try to get to the next page like there was always all these different options and yoshi's woolly world very much feels like yoshi's story to me 
but like it, it really extra, does yeah with extra levels and like the idea of the yarn is really fun i really like it and yeah yeah we have and like like you mentioned like the the yarn aesthetic really plays into the gameplay here more than the clay aesthetic did for kirby yeah. like that was one of my favorite things is like if you see a loose thread in a stage and you like shoot your tongue at it, it's going to unravel a hidden room and then you'll just like have a giant yarn ball hanging out of your butt instead of an egg, you know? Oh, my God. Like, yeah, they do such a wonderful job with it because like when you shoot instead of eggs, they are yarn balls. Yeah, like you said. And yeah. so occasionally they'll be kind of like outlines of platforms that you have to shoot with a yarn ball and then you'll see it unravel and actually create the platform, you know? Yeah. The, the pipes are all yarn looking. And Lin Lindsay noticed when we were in sort of the castle area, the lava floor is like orange yarn. Uh, That's so cute. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, I, I love that. It reminds me of the Lego movie and how they like painstakingly Lego animated the whole ocean, you know, yeah. like it's, <laughs> I, I appreciate that they're sticking with the theme. Well, and the thing is like with Yoshi's they're, they're peaceful. They've yeah. never done anything wrong. People just yeah. keep stealing the baby Yoshi's. And yeah, like, do you think there's gonna be like a like the uh, uh, Yoshi like outfitted in battle armor in the movie? Like they're they're gonna make him like a oof. super badass and the warrior. Oof. I hope not. <laughs> no, the whole thing is Yoshi's always been cute. He's it, adorable. Yeah, they, it's adorable. <laughs> yeah, Yoshi is really cute. Um, but I do feel like this game just does a good job in simultaneously being really cute. But like giving pretty varied and robust gameplay, like um, yeah. I really like there's a lot of stuff to collect. Like Lindsay was saying, like you can easily just kind of walk your way through the levels and you probably won't be terribly challenged. There is even like there's an easier mellow mode, um, which I think kind of allows yeah. you to fly instead of flutter jump. But like this game is pretty mellow. Like I was running I through yeah. like. <laughs> A windmill fields and like this nice soothing music was playing and i was just jumping on shy guys i'm like this is just a pleasant game um, yeah yeah i yeah, got the annoying song from yoshi's story with the, with the <laughs> i can't even remember the words that we. i believe the words were e-a-u yeah it was very shrill it was a very shrill noise and like, no, but that is that is kind of the best thing. And like when Yoshi does his flutter kick, it's like you get a little scramble of yarn, like looking like little helicopter yeah. legs. Or you know? if like, you if you run on a flat surface enough, Yoshi's legs will turn into wheels. Um, yes. Yeah, because the Yoshis here are made out of yarn. Like that's the gimmick is Kamek the Magikoopa comes up and like takes these yarn Yoshis and kind of unravels them into various um, strands of yarn. And so as you walk around you can pick up these different strands. And if you collect all five in the level, you will reassemble a new Yoshi. And what is that you can play as what's really cute, like is that Yoshi will kind of be a mismatch of colors because you just collected yeah. a bunch of, you know, various yarns. Whereas Yoshi was always very monochromatic, like green and white or pink and white or red and white. Like this is like, the first one we found was flower. So like the sides of his cheeks were little smiley faces and there was like <laughs> petals around it. Those yeah. And then you get to pick, you can play as that Yoshi mm -hmm. that you've made, that you have created. And I do feel <laughs> you get like to play God. this game, <laughs> you know, the, this sort of weird co-op platforming that Nintendo seems to have been going for since new Super Mario Brothers, um, 
for the Wii. Like, I've always had pretty mixed feelings about it because you mostly spend time just getting in each other's way. I, I did feel like it worked pretty well here. Like, the default controls are, like, reversed from Yoshi's Island, so I kept accidentally, like, it, you know, in swallowing Lindsay. Um, <laughs> you can be a real asshole in this I, I did not, yeah. You, and it is sad, because when you swallow the other person, they lose all of their yarn. But, like, things were slow-paced enough here, and, like, I never felt like dying was that much of a punishment, that it was not nearly as frustrating as, like, new Super Mario Brothers. And this is a game, I think, that really benefits from co-op, because it's a game that you do you want to show people. You're like, yeah. check out this super cute game. Like, it, it really looks great. Yeah. No, I I was just <clears throat> like, I, it did charm the hell out of me. You know, I this is actually the first game I ever played all the way through on the Wii. I think it was one of the earliest games I had when I was uh, uh, collecting the Wii U. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's a pretty effortless playthrough, like you said. Like, there is that mellow mode that is pretty much just for five-year-olds, I think. Like, it's hard to make this game much easier than it already is. But these mechanics work really well. They're, they have more depth to them than you might expect. Like, you know, the Yoshi's Island games have these great ricochet mechanics when you're aiming your uh, eggs or balls of yarn in this case, you know. And you can collect all of your gems and break, uh, you know, find little hidden mystery clouds and activate all kinds of cute little secrets. And like I said, yeah, everything just reacts as if it's made of fabric. You can find hidden areas by like pushing on soft looking areas and just like crumpling it up and like wrinkling it. You know, it's I I, or tonguing it. Yeah. And I know that they continue this. I didn't play the sequel, but they made uh, a game called Yoshi's Crafted World for the Switch. And that's just kind of like paper craft. It's all uh, cardboard and like cutouts and and things like that. I got to say, like I for a couple like. One interesting thing about this game is this game is on the Wii U. Like you said, there was a 3DS version of it, but like I, I had it so in my head that this game was also on Switch. Me but too. But it is not. And like the Yoshi's Crafted World, I remember playing and does not did not quite hook me the way that this one did. Like it's still oh, really? a very functional Yoshi game, but that paper craft thing for whatever reason, is something that I've seen in, like, three... Like, a decent number of games I have seen that like kind Paper of aesthetic. Mario, yeah. Yeah, Paper yeah, Mario it's... Tearaway is another one that came to mind. Yeah. There was a PS3 game called Puppeteer I played. And oh, yeah, it, I played it is one, yeah. always charming, but, like, I didn't play a lot of Kirby Epic Yarn. I do I do want to go back and play that now. Um, oh, yeah. But, like, this, this game had such a unique look and really just went 100% on that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which I, I really appreciated. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I really quite liked all three of these games yeah. today. Uh, I, I had a good time with all of them. Uh, Lindsay, did you have any final thoughts on Yoshi before we move on? Just that Yoshi deserves a lot more love than he gets. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, this... I do think that like, I agree with Woody in the sense that like paper has been done. Yeah. And, like, I'll probably play the Papercraft one on the Switch, but I would love, I would have loved to play the Woolly World on the Switch because that's the only, like, console that we have for Nintendo sure. right now. And it is so and... odd that it hasn't been ported because, like, this game does absolutely nothing with the Wii U features. Like, it would be, nothing. So, it'd be so easy to just straight up port it. 
and this sold well. This actually uh, slightly outsold Captain Toad. So, like, you know, there's there's enough of a market for it. <clears throat> and I don't know, yeah. like, it's it's. I'm glad that you know there's been some successful console Yoshi games. Um, I mean, I guess most Yoshi <clears throat> games are always fairly successful, but I I wonder if they're going to be able to maintain energy for this track. You know, because it's yeah. like they did yarn, they did craft, and it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe they're all made out of everything is made out of brick. Like, I don't I don't quite Ooh. know what your gimmick is for the, the third one in this trilogy. I want it to all be pasta. Okay. I want it to all be dried noodles like Fusili Jerry and just have like a, a Fusili <laughs> Yoshi. It, that, that seems too close to yarn, except without the texture. Oh, that'd be adorable. It has a little carbonara tongue that like shoots out or a, a bucatini tongue. Everything, yeah, everything is breakfast foods. Oh, I'd love that. Then, yeah. then it's like a mishmash with Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Sure. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. That sounds great. Well, let's move on to our rankings. Each week we are ranking the games that we have just played, adding them to our master list to soon be aggregated into one gigantic list. Uh, I'll start us off here. Yeah, like I said, I liked all three of these. I think they're all a solid, fun, good time uh, that it's not going to be too demanding on you. It's just kind of great, like... Uh, let's relax and play a game for a little bit kind of games. Yep. Um, I think my favorite of the three is probably Captain Toad. I'm going to be putting that one at number 19 underneath Steam World Collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed as shortly by Yoshi, which I'm going to be putting at number 29 underneath Darksiders 2. Kirby was the weakest of the three of these, but also it's still quite a charming, lovely game. Uh, I'm putting that at number 35 underneath Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures Part 2. Okay. Yeah, very good. We 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 came pretty pretty similar here. Um, I like Yoshi the most, um, cool. just because I found it so charming. Um, I'm putting that at number twenty two on my list. Great. Um, and hey, we we did. <laughs> um, number Toad Toad. I like the second best. Um, another very likable game. Um, very playable and just inviting. Um, which I'm putting at number twenty six, which is right ahead of Lego City Undercover. And I agree that Kirby Rainbow Curse was the least good out of these three. I think that if it had leaned more, if the environments in-game had felt more clay animated and had been able to sort of stick with that art style, I would have liked it a lot more. Um, But it is a pretty unique experience that kind of only works on the Wii U, um, at least from a home console standpoint. Um, So I'm putting it at number 40, which is right behind Tokyo Mirage Sessions. All right. Totally solid. Lindsay, do you want to rank the three that you have just played? I think I know how it's going to go. Yoshi. Uh Uh-huh. Toad. Groovy. Yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, That that, that, uh, logically follows what you have told us. It's not because I like cute things. But But just to be clear, you do like cute things, right? I do like cute things. Um... Uh, obviously Yoshi because I think it has a lot of depth to it and I like the yarn aspect I think it's very well done I like Toad because I like the little microcosm puzzles despite the mine cart aspect which (laughs) I had difficulty with and I just yelled and practically threw the controller at Woody Um, oh by the way we have to cancel the rest of the show Steve I no longer have a Wii U oh yeah that's fine I knew what I was getting into, inviting the, the plane gremlin to come step on your uh, gamepad, a.k.a. Lindsay. I am much bigger than a gremlin. <laughs> no, and Kirby was fun to play as a second player. 
I enjoyed yeah. that for that aspect because it reminded me of playing Super Mario 3D World and kind of like almost fighting against each other while yeah. playing together. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to get there first. Like you can, can kind of make it fun competitive, even though you're both trying to achieve the same thing. As, yeah. we, as we all know, I enjoy that. Well, thank you so much. Uh, in in keeping with the very nice suite of games that we have, we have two extremely nice letters uh, to read today. Uh, this first one says, Steve, Woody, and sure, guest two. Yep. Finally, somebody got that right. We have a guest <laughs> here. Yay! Uh, I've been listening. I've been listening since hearing you advertise on the Flophouse, and have even had the pleasure of guesting to talk about Worms Armageddon back in the '64 oh, days. Yeah, Hi, Doug. Uh, I mentioned on the show that I am not really a video game guy, and quite a bit of what you say in your podcast goes right over my head. But well, I really wait, like wait, the whoa, dynamic. Whoa, whoa. Just to be clear, <laughs> it doesn't go over your head. A lot of what we say on this podcast is beneath you. Like, yeah, it's going yeah. under your head, yeah. if anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really like the dynamic of the two of you, and you've kept me company every weekend while I wait for my daughter to finish ballet class. Much like the rest of these types of letters you receive, I wanted to extend my gratitude for the hours of entertainment you've given me over these years and wish you both all the success in any endeavors you pursue in future days. Love you guys, and please find a way to let me know if you pop back into the podcasting space in the future. Also, maybe this is the only knowledge I have because I guessed it on the show, and I, I know your podcasting is not a visual medium, but how has there never been a discussion on how fucking cool Woody's hair is? Also, what software do you use to average the rankings at the end of the season? My wife and I do a Shits Creek podcast called Shits and Giggles, and I would love to average our rankings as we near the our uh, as we near our podcast run. Thanks so much, and that's from Doug from Good Times Great Movies. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Very Doug. nice of you. First off, Shits Shits and Giggles for a Shits Creek podcast, A plus name. A plus yeah, name. I Very good. I dig it. Yeah. Um, also, you must have I, you must have caught at me on a good hair day or something. I don't know what pick <laughs> was exploring my hair, but it really it really ranges from uh, bodied and puffy to like you can really tell that I'm balding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember. I yeah, I can't remember what. Maybe it, what we're it still on like. the Woody looks like Art Garfunkel train. So that's. <laughs> Which again, yeah, I still like putting that image out there, even though it could not be farther from the <laughs> truth. <laughs> um, as for the software I use to average games, it's a little thing called my brain. Uh, no, it's called a calculator. But yeah, I, I am somebody who gets a lot of weird satisfaction about filling out spreadsheets and doing like some kind of simple math equations, you know, so this is the kind of nerd I am. So I just kind of do them all by hand. You know, I just average them all out and uh, uh, kind of put the list together from there. And I imagine which, uh, we'll be doing soon when those get averaged. We will also kind of um, fudge it a little bit um, for some of, yeah, you know, to be honest, mostly my uh bad takes and be like hey surely hey surely we could bump minecraft up a little bit here but yeah you know we'll see how we'll see how it uh shakes out yeah. um the next letter says gobble gobble guys yep uh just wanted to wish you both a happy thanksgiving and say congratulations on completing your deep dive series on your patreon it was bittersweet to hear you both wrap that show within a show but i think going out on metal gear meant you definitely left us wanting more yeah, Side just, note. just like fucking Metal Gear, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Metal Gear yeah. 5, they left us wanting yeah. more. Yeah, they just ended it and then yeah. just kept going for 40 hours. <laughs> um, Side note, I just started playing Battletoads Arcade on the Rare Replay, oh. and you guys are right, that game is a completely forgotten gem. 
I think that's one of the coolest things about Ultra 64 slash Wii Universe slash DD, <laughs> all great names, by the way. By playing everything, you inevitably cast light on underappreciated games that absolutely deserve a second look. That simply wouldn't happen if your show was formatted any differently. It's not always a painless procedure, but you boys did gaming history a real service. Thank you for taking your lumps or crudes just so I could discover NBA hang time. It may be a bit sappy, but I'm grateful for you two knuckleheads. What are you thankful for, gaming-wise or otherwise? And that's from your fan of all seasons, J-Mo. Thanks, Always J-Mo. writes the nicest letters. Yeah. We're, 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 um, proud, we're proud to be your knuckleheads, J-Mo. Absolutely right. we are. Yes, yes. And thank you, everybody, who's been, who's been sending these very nice letters. Uh, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to be getting all emotional as the show comes <laughs> to a close, so... <laughs> so I appreciate it. It's nice to hear from people. Um, do you guys want to share what you're thankful for for this Thanksgiving season? Huh. Does it have to? Does it have to be video game themed? Is it gaming wise or otherwise? Oh, so wow. it does not have to be video game themed. Okay. Um, but well, you yeah. know what? Just just to not inject too much of my personal life in here, I'm going to keep it video game themed. Um, yeah. And I've I've just really been thankful about. And I mean, this obviously comes from a place of privilege, but like the sheer accessibility of games that yeah. I have access to, like it's it's pretty wild when I think back of me, like you know, being ten years old and having a collection of eight Super Nintendo games and just being like, oh, I guess I'll play through Clay Fighter again. Like <laughs> now to be like when I when I play Clay Fighter, it's by choice. Like. Um, <laughs> a bad bad choice yeah i have i have realized like for the wii u especially like a lot of video games just kind of scratch different itches and it's cool to be able to like when the mood is right um put on a vr headset and mess around with you know something super intense like resident evil 4 but then also to just like have a game pad that i can play yoshi's woolly world on um and then or like uh, yeah i don't know it's just there's so many games that I can play in all kinds of different situations. And I'm thankful for that. Not that, you know, I probably play for the time being, I've been playing less games than I usually do, but it's really cool to know that they're all out there and kind of at my fingertips. Absolutely. I think mine would be pretty similar. I was just thinking like, I'm pretty grateful that I have, you know, some of the newer consoles that I'm getting access to stuff that's pretty recent. I'm, I'm, uh, also, uh, I, I want to I apologize on oh, behalf yeah. of both of us for just becoming shameless shills for capitalism and like, consumer oh, culture. but oh, yeah, no, completely, completely. That being said, I'm really enjoying my Steam Deck. I think it's giving me access to a lot of games I didn't really have access to before without a gaming computer. And, uh, I've been very grateful for that, and I've just been uh, uh, very uh, grateful for all the listeners of this show and all the people sending uh, very nice messages and things like that. And um, how about you, Lindsay? What do you got? I, I don't think he was asking me. <laughs> well, I'm asked. I'm asking oh, you. Oh, you're sure. asking me. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's always the normal things to be thankful for: friends and family, and having a roof over my head. Um, cute dogs you got cute dogs i do have cute dogs i'm very thankful for them they help with my mental health quite a bit yeah um so i'll pick something blatantly selfish to be thankful for (laughs) (laughs) i i am actually extremely thankful that i had the means and the time to get tickets to go to the sick new world festival (laughs) in may Okay. Uh, which is like System of a Down and Corn 
and Incubus oh and Evanescence, Steve. <laughs> so yes. if you want, I mean, tickets are technically sold out, but I'm sure you can buy one <laughs> off a scalper. And we can go see the Evanescence together and sing Bring Me to Life karaoke style in front of Amy Lee. Better than she ever did. <laughs> yeah. And the guy who sang with her, whatever his name was. Um <laughs> No, I don't I mean, know what his name was. I never got to go to like Ozfest or Warp Tour or any concert growing up because I lived overseas. Yeah. And every every summer I'd come, you know, to Washington State and I'd be like, Mom, Mom, I really want to go to one of these and she'd be like, Well, you can go if you find somebody to go with you. <laughs> I didn't have friends. <laughs> I came I came to my grandmother's house every summer in like Camino Island. Wait, there's... your grandma doesn't want to see corn? No, I don't think so. Like, there's no children. I don't know people. So, like, my mom, she knew what she was doing. Oh, <laughs> She's yeah. like, I'm going to give you this hope and then dash it. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is, this is me spending more money than I probably should to go with my best friend, Christina, and my boyfriend to Vegas to go see a bunch of bands that I really wish I would have gotten to see 20 years ago, but I get to see now. Sure. That's pretty I fun. I mean, what, what, is, fun. what is growing into adulthood aside from like living out your, finally being able to live out your teen fantasies? I mean, exactly. I'm just glad that most of these people are at least still alive and capable of singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, surpri- surprisingly remain uncanceled. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah weirdly. Um, yeah. yeah. For the and, most part. I, I actually, uh, I, I, one other thing that I want to say on this note, just to kind of keep it tied back to the show is I'm kind of thankful for the way that, um, we've been able to continue the show, like the, the way the timing worked for us to continue it virtually, like, you know, to be yeah. perfectly honest, like I, I like doing it virtually a lot less than being able to go over to your house Same. and do it in person. Um, but I feel like if we, you know, if the timing had worked out of you kind of just, you know, leaving Washington and going to Texas at the same time we were done with the show, like you, we basically like, it would have felt like such a sort of intense severance. Um, right. Yeah. Between, yeah. You know, kind of our connection and the show. And yeah. so I'm glad we have like kind of this last little spat of um, a lot of cool games. Um, Absolutely. To kind of talk about together, but not so much that I have to, keep doing things remotely forever i just i feel like the i feel like the yeah. timing w- w- was just about it was, right it was like an acceptable amount of, of virtual recordings for both yeah. of us yeah because it's neither of our favorite things but you know we we're, we're making new we're yeah making we, new. we got to play these very cool games it would have been sad to have ended the show before we got to play these these games which were all kind of highlights I mean, Absolutely. I'm, all, I'm okay with remote. That way you guys don't have to complain about my farts and my burps. And... <laughs> I mean, that is, we can that still is do that fun. if you want. Yeah, hey, you can't yeah. hear them anymore, okay? You I can't. Can I, I have a sense for them. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for writing in. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. We're going to be changing uh, changing tempos a little bit. We're going from super chill and happy to scary and intense because we're playing a game called Zombie U, uh, 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 another one that's been kind of rumored as one of the kind of lost gems of the of the Wii U. I'm excited to play it for the first time. There's zombies in it. There's zombies. You can turn into a zombie, and uh, <laughs> that, very that, exciting. That, that's uh, Lindsay's dream game is Yoshi's Undead World. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my God, Woody! Why did you do that? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have the best dreams. Tonight. Oh my God, write I them have, down. I have dreams where like. 
a zombie bites me, but I hold back the like virus with like willpower. And so the zombies don't bite me because like I'm already technically got the zombie virus, but I'm still a human, which is like a great like way to be able to like live in your dream and actually enjoy it. <laughs> it's perfect. I feel like Lindsay, like you've, you've been, you know, you've been one of our more common guests on this podcast, but obviously like listeners have listened to Steve and I talk the most because we're the regular, but I feel like in the time that you've guessed, like listeners probably know more about you and your specifics <laughs> in your life than they do about Steve and I. <laughs> it's the, that's, that's like the hallmark of, of Lindsay. Like the moment we met, I think within 10 minutes of us first meeting, she was telling me all about her colon. Like it, it was, there was just like zero barrier. And I'm just I like, mean, all right, yeah, this is why to we're be, friends. To be honest we, though, like when we first met, I think I had just been diagnosed. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair. It was, yeah. it was an exciting new thing for me. And you, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm still like, it is an ongoing issue. Like every time sure. I think that like I can like just not think about it, it pops back up. So I love all my friends and you listeners <laughs> for listening to me talk about bowel movements. It <laughs> oh, sounds so terrible. Which I assume is just big balls of yarn. I promise know. I'm yeah. like somewhat of an attractive person. <laughs> I don't tell everybody about these things. You guys are just all very special. <laughs> Well, on that note, uh, we will see you all next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, we're really just going out on that, huh? Okay. Yeah, we sure are. Yoshi! <laughs> <laughs>